Now that the Super Bowl is in the books, the offseason is stirring a slew of QB trade rumors. Who might be on the move? Is Patrick Kane missing the captain, Jonathan Tays? Probably not. And the Cubs welcome back a familiar face. Are they done making moves? God, we hope not. Grab a beer and hit the couch, sports fans. Sports, 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 sports. It's time for another episode of Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Uh oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Bring an in your face sports talk from Chicago, Dallas, Las Vegas, and beyond. And go Bears! And listen in to find out who'll get run over by this week's Smack Wagon. All that and more coming at you on this week's episode of Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Here are your hosts, Ron L.V. Wrights and Timothy T-Dog Wiltberger. Well, we are back again for another Monday Morning Couch Potatoes podcast. I hope our podsters out there. Potato podsters? Potato podsters out there are excited for another podcast i'm doing mine live in provo utah where i'm out at my son's hockey tournament and tim is doing it he might as well be in provo utah because it is absolutely frigid in dallas texas isn't it t-dog it's it's stupid down here this is ridiculous this is i moved away from this shit in Chicago, here I am making fun of people in Chicago for being, you know, seven degrees, and I think we're maybe five degrees warmer than that. Jeez, it's just it's just dumb. There's two and a half inches of snow on the ground. I know it's exactly two and a half because I measured it. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you did. It didn't take I, much. The problem was it was colder, so really, it could have been it could have been more inches. You, we really don't know. Oh. Nice. Ice cold beer. Had to happen. Yeah. It's been a crazy day. I'm going to do the same. Happy Valentine's Day to our couch potatoes out there. Yes. Happy Valentine's Day. <sighs> My wife, I, she had a wonderful lunch today. She had coleslaw. There's a story behind that. Oh, I'm sure. Not going to get into it. Okay. Then Took her to lunch today, and the food bring it was up? so bad, the only thing she ate was the coleslaw. Oh. So that was her Valentine's Day lunch. She tends to she tends to disagree with most restaurants she goes to. Just saying. Well. It's going to throw that know. out there. Yeah. But that's okay. You're, you're used to it. <laughs> well, I, you know what? When you got, she's got celiac disease, man. She can't have that gluten. Yeah. And gluten is in just about everything. I know, right? But it's not in Oreo cookies. Not anymore. Not anymore. Well, it's in regular Oreos. It's just not in the new gluten-free Oreos, which actually take taste like regular Oreos, believe it or not. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. That's impressive. And according to, yeah, so I don't know. But we're going to we're gonna get off the old cookie subject there and the uh, wife's gluten allergy, and let's talk some sports. So you're you're actually in, in Utah for a hockey tournament, so we'll talk some hockey in a bit. Yeah. I'd like to hear a little bit about what you got going on there, the tournament there. But hey, Super Bowl's over. Super Bowl hangover. What usually comes after the Super Bowl? 
Well, a trophy almost getting thrown into the river. I don't know if you saw that, Tom. I a did. drunk Tom Brady throwing the the trophy. It was it wasn't one of his best throws, let's just say that. That was no, it was almost intercepted, but he got, got it off, so good for him. But now it's off to uh the off season for teams to figure out what the hell they're gonna do. Uh you know, they we they made it through this COVID year. And now it's off-season time, and, you know, we've talked at length, actually, the last couple of weeks about what the hell the Bears are going to do at the quarterback position. And, man, I tell you what, I think everybody but Aaron Rodgers seems to be on the trade trade uh, market right now. And actually, I think his name even came up as being unhappy or yeah. some, some shit in Green Bay. I mean, it's amazing. You think about – I don't know if you've seen it, being out of town for the weekend, but every name seems to be popping up, either whether it's a quarterback that's – um, said trade me, you know, like a Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Or if it's a team that's actively saying, hey, you know, we're going to trade a guy like a Carson Wentz. Or if it's a situation where the guy has complained so much that people think he wants to get traded, like, believe it or not, a Russell Wilson. Yeah. You know, his name's getting floated out there to a guy that's like, come on, man, why would you trade me? And, you know, but people are kicking the tires in some of these quarterbacks like, a, you know, Tagliovua or whatever the hell his name is down in Miami. So double T, baby. Double, double T. T. Double T. So there, so, so there are some rumors out there. We know that, right? We know right. we know that Carson Wentz is probably not going to play for the Eagles next year. Uh, we are not 100% sure, though, even though the GM of the Texans said that he's not going to trade Deshaun Watson. But that's still, yeah. that's still I mean, open said for it, discussion. Although, yeah, and actually the team president, I think, just resigned this weekend amid all this, all these issues. One of one of the high one of the brass on the Texans, you know, uh, resigned. Uh, the, you know, we can't get that lucky with the Bears. Apparently, you know, they like to keep everybody all the incompetency well entrenched in the ranks of the Chicago Bears. But probably should have, as far as Texans go, they they made some poor decisions. Oh, no question. I mean, the first one was when they hired their head coach, whatever his name is. Um, he's no longer their head coach, obviously, uh, a couple of years ago when they decided mm-hmm. to go, you know what, that 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 quarterback from Denver, he's going to do good. Brock Osweiler. Osweiler. Osweiler, yeah. Yeah, not so much. That was a huge contract for a guy that, you know, basically um, didn't, you know, basically sucked. Yeah. No, he did. And now they've got, now they've got a great quarterback. This guy sucks. <laughs> Threw for almost 5,000 yards this year, 33 touchdowns. Yeah. And he wants out. Yeah. And, and rightfully so, because it's a, it's a, it's an, an insane asylum there. Well, <clears throat> once again, they had the number one wide receiver in the NFL. Currently playing in the NFL, I would say the number the number one or top two, DeAndre Hopkins. They had him. He was definitely he was definitely top five, no question. Okay, you could so th- make an argument anywhere in the top five, anyway. including number one. Yeah, and they traded him away for what? David Johnson. Yeah, and yeah, a lot of nothing. A lot of nothing. And they just released. And they just released JJ Watt. They actually granted him his release. He asked to be let go, and they let him go, and now there's a bunch of teams being rumored as landing spots for him, including 
your beloved Chicago Bears. No. Believe it or not, because his so wife what? plays for some soccer team in Chicago. Ooh. That's the only reason. That's the only reason. Because why the hell would he want to come here knowing that their quarterback situation or offensive situation is just in a shit show right now? Because he's he a defensive to, guy. and Understood. And that's actually what they're going to – if they were going to bring him here, that's what they're going to sell him on. Opposite of Mac, we're a defensive city. They love defensive players here. You yeah. will be lifted onto the city's shoulders, all that shit. But Green Bay – is a more likely scenario, or even Pittsburgh. You can go play with his brothers. Can yeah. you imagine that, having three brothers on the same team? Jeez. So, but, yeah, T.J. Watt got released this weekend, so it's – this is – J.J., J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt, sorry, yeah, T.J. is with, with Pittsburgh. I, you know, I know they're talking about Packers because of the Wisconsin connection, and then they mentioned the Bears because of his wife's connection, and then, of course, the Steelers because of his brother's connection. But I think there's probably – there's going to be easily 15 to 20 teams that are going to reach out and say, all right, what's this going to cost us? You know, the ones that won't are to be the ones that know they will just will not be able to afford them. You know, the Saints who are going to be like, you know, $700 million over the cap already aren't going to be able to afford even a dollar to pay him. So, well, well yeah. Yeah. Unless he's but, taken, unless he's taken a pay cut for a championship, because this would be his opportunity. Right. But he's not going to take that much of a pay cut. I mean, you might be able to get him some, you know, if he's going to take a pay cut, you're still talking probably, you know, two years in the twenty to thirty million range would be my guess, with a lot of money probably up front guaranteed. But well, the Bears can't afford that. No, no. I mean, the Bears have just way too much going on. And this quarterback thing, I actually was was rapping with one of our uh, one of our couch potatoes, Steve, on this issue um, regarding what the, he thinks the Bears should just blow it up and start over, just just rebuild. Now's the time to rebuild, and. This brought in that conversation I had with him brought me back to what you and I were talking about in the car yesterday. That what are the real motivations right now going to be for Nagy and Ryan Pace? Yeah, because obviously these guys are on borrowed time, right? I mean that that's no secret. Yeah. So what do you usually do if you're on borrowed time? You make desperate decisions. Yeah. That may not necessarily be the you know for the greater good, and it's going to be just you know selfish decisions. And you said it. They're, what if they're doing this shit just for themselves? Yeah, you know. Well, that's that's the problem we're going to have right now. You've got you've got two people that, as you said, on borrowed time. We all know that. I mean, we we heard on two podcasts ago, uh, Ryan Pace and um, Nagy, both of them, saying, "Hey, you know, we are afforded this opportunity. This is a great opportunity. You know." We need to prove ourselves. We're, you know, me and Ryan, this is Nagy talking. Me and Ryan, we're going to put our heads together. We're going to figure it out. Well, they're not looking long-term. They're not looking to rebuild. They they would lose their jobs just based yeah. on, on yeah. A, a rebuild season. They need to make an absolute splash at the quarterback position. And what, unfortunately, what the Bears need, don't the Bears actually do not need that right now. We need a rebuild and that very well might mean falls under center for you next year. As much as you would not want that, this is the situation that they're in. This is, you know, everybody talks about what the bears should do, but a lot of times they don't realize what can the bears actually do. It kind of, it brings me back. And I told you this, it brings me back to the Jay Cutler thing. 
everybody was all up in arms like, oh, my God, I can't believe they signed Jay Cutler. Why would they sign him? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm sitting there going, they signed him because he pr- they pretty much had no other choice. There were no decent free agents on the market that year. They were not in a position to, to draft a quarterback. Yeah. There weren't any you know good options where they were going to be drafting. And there weren't any trade opportunities. No, so they but- literally were limited to Jay Cutler and had to make that decision. It was a, a matter of circumstance. Well, and they, that's, and they, that's what a lot of people yes, realize. Yes, that's fine, but they didn't have to do it. What was his contract for? How many years? Like, well, they signed him to, I think, a seven-year deal, but it wasn't really seven. It was more like three or four when you looked okay, at the Okay, well, money. three or four, way too many. Maybe two. No, but that's just it. Give, it, give it two years out. The, that's just it. That was the that probably would have been. There were going to be and then two you or cut them out there that would have paid. Him I know out. there were. Then you cut them. <laughs> no, I'm saying I, then then you you cut them when it's time to you know then you let them go when it's time to let them go. Meaning you just <clears throat> you sign them for a two year deal, and then you. That's it. You walk away. You do what you got to do. You figure out where your draft positions are. What I'm saying is the Bears ended up cutting him anyways. Then they end up releasing him well, they and paying him. At that point, at that point, all of his guaranteed money was up. But he was paying. He was paid though. He was paid through the whatever the yeah the guaranteed contract. I believe the guarantee guaranteed contract yeah. is up. But that's not. I mean, again, the point I'm making is that you know many times it's you know everybody's like oh they could get Deshaun Watson. They can't afford Deshaun Watson. No, they Watson. can't. No, even if the even if the Texans said we're going to trade them, the Bears don't have three draft picks, three first round draft picks to give them. You know, yeah. Without they're going to want screwing their team for the future. They're going to want better than Matthew Stafford trade yeah. three picks minimum. I would guess they're going to want three first rounds. They, they could even ask for four. They could ask for four. I mean, he's he's got three years remaining, or I'm sorry, five years remaining on his current deal. Yeah. Close to one hundred and seventy million dollars that's left. He's only twenty six years old. Yeah, he's young, and yeah. he's like the highest uh, QB rating rated quarterback, I think, in NFL yeah. history. I mean, this is a guy. This is a guy that you want to have in a situation where you flush with cap room. You've got a good young off a good young defense, and you've got a strong offensive line. That's not the Chicago Bears. They've got an aging defense. They've got a horrible offensive line. Their top target is going to be probably going somewhere else if the Bears don't tag him, which if they tag him, that's a shitload of money against the cap. Yeah. So there's, you know, and so you're going to mortgage three to four first round draft picks for this guy. Now, a part of me would say he's a franchise quarterback. We haven't had one. Screw it. Go all in. We'll figure it out later. Yeah. And that's, that is probably the, where Pace and Nagy's head is at right now. I mean, it you makes know? sense because they're they're all that that that's where we get into our discussion about how dangerous the this position that Nagy and Pace is in right now for the Chicago Bears. It's extremely right. dangerous for the future of the Chicago Bears because they're going to they're going to make the biggest splash they can make for this year and this year only. And we already know that they can't even afford or even touch Deshaun Watson. No way. Right. But guess what, T? Guess what? Pace hmm. could have drafted him in 2017, <laughs> and then they would have had him. So it wouldn't have been that big of a deal. 
So that that is a fish that's gone. And I hopefully he's not sitting there going, well, you know what? I could have had him in 17, but I can get him in 2021. Uh, no, you can't. You're never going to get him. Okay? You, you don't have the money. You know so who right you want? His, right his wrong is what you're thinking he might be looking at. You know, yeah. I, I, mean, that, go, okay, I didn't do it four years ago, but I'll do it now. It's dangerous. Because as we were saying, it's dangerous for the Chicago Bears to make the make these changes or make this attempt because all they're doing is they're doing it to save their jobs. Period. End of story. And yeah. they go they go four and they go four and twelve next season. Both those guys are gone. Hell, if they go eight and eight, they're gone. They have to they have to at least go ten and six minimum. Minimum and make and make the playoffs, I would think. But at least ten and six. I don't know if they're going to yeah. be able to do it. I really don't. And it's scary because here we are going to be put in a position. You're absolutely right, T. We need we need to just suck it up with whoever thought Foles was a good pick to sign him for two years because that's what we have. Maybe draft some quarterback, some semi decent quarterback out of the second. Or third round, I don't think we can go any lower than like seventh or eighth. Maybe you know get somebody in there that that has potential, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, there's well, no, there's no way. Yeah, okay, Steve, let's blow it up. <laughs> that that's never going to happen. So <laughs> let's figure out a way. The problem is, is they put they put the head coach and the and the GM. They should have fired the GM. I'm sorry, Ryan Pace, but you really shouldn't have a job right now. And Nagy, there's a lot of people that would say Nagy probably shouldn't have a job right now. Okay, but I don't put Nagy as as the quarterback. You know, he wasn't on board when the quarterback was. We really would have to reach out to John Fox to find out exactly why Pace was so, you know, amped up for him. But Hell, Nagy, he didn't find out till two hours before they drafted the damn kid. Yeah. Fox didn't even know. So that being said, Pace needs to be gone. You're going to keep these guys on and give them one more chance. What could they possibly do to to make the Chicago Bears any better? First off, they're promoting their they're promoting a um, within for their defensive coordinator. So what does that mean? More of the same. Hopefully, he doesn't have a Pagano attitude. Like we need to blitz a little bit more. Get these uh, old. He's more of Vic Fangio design type defensive coordinator. Oh, that's a, so I'm that's a win. Gonna, that yeah, should be a he win. He needs to get Eddie Jackson, Eddie Jackson back, Eddie Jackson back on track because you know he had two interceptions this year and both were called back for penalties. He had zero picks this year. Yeah. You can't. The Bears defense is not going to win games if Jackson's not causing turnovers. No, and they're not going to win games if they're not pressuring the quarterback to so, their potential. So so okay, let's let's real quick the whole thing like Steve's saying start from scratch. He br- he actually brought up a pretty good point where, and we talked about this offensive line, defensive line. They need to target that, and this there's going to be some good offensive linemen in this draft available in that first round. You're not going to get a, a future quarterback at number twenty, like you said. You may have to dip into the later rounds, try and find a project, and and ride the ride the the year with Nick Foles. But there's some good offensive linemen. If they can get some O-line, that to me is a better opportunity for them. You know, some of the some of the real good ones are going to be gone probably by the time they pick, like Sewell from Oregon is going to be gone. 
Um, that kid from Northwest, uh, Northwestern, Rashawn Slater, another great offensive lineman. But you could maybe get a guy like Darisaw from Virginia Tech or Wyatt Davis from Ohio State. You got that uh, Vera Tucker kid from USC. Yeah. These are all guys that are going to be available right around the time the Bears are picking. And these are this is where you start building what makes you a winner, the offensive line, the defensive line, and just – you know what? If we go three and thirteen with Nick Foles, great. Then we got an opportunity for us to get a potentially a top quarterback um, in twenty twenty two. Then, right? I mean, worst case scenario if that happens, do I want to sit through a losing season? Well, of course not. You know who the hell wants to do that? But you know who knows? You may may have to just bite the bullet and say, okay, we're going to shoot for twenty twenty two, and that's where we're going to hopefully land our quarterback. You know, you get the, the the Oregon quarterback Tyler Show is 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 a kid that could uh, uh, be up there in the draft and an opportunity for the Bears. So there's going to be some opportunities in 2022. You got Sam Howell, uh, the kid from North Carolina. The Bears could go back to the Tar Heels for you know not Trubisky, you know a, a Trubisky uh, guy, but instead Sam Howell. And um, so yeah, I mean it's yeah, there's some merit to that to that expectation of saying, look, instead of us making a stupid move, mortgaging so much of our future for one guy, screw that. And unless it's Deshaun Watson, don't do it. Do not mortgage the future for Carson Wentz. No, that's, that's kind of where I'm sitting right now. So no, I feel you. I know I I said, I know I said Super Bowl (laughs) last time out, but obviously I was kidding. Yeah. So, Right now, the NFL has projected uh, the Bears to take um, sophomore. Uh, what is it? Upgrading the Bears' offensive line. Mm-hmm. They're saying upgrade, upgrading the Bears' offensive line will help Mitch Trubisky or whoever is under center in Chicago and Matt Nagy operate more efficiency in 2021. The powerful Mayfield. Who who are you talking about? You're talking about the could draft, start the, at tackle or guard at the next level. So they're talking about some somebody from in this year's draft. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're they're uh, they're looking at some Michigan soft Mayfield. Oh, the kid from Michigan, Jalen Mayfield. You're talking about. Yeah, he's a big kid. I mean, he's I think he's six five, three hundred and forty pounds or something like that. He'd be a, he's a monster. I don't know if he's – I don't – I mean, he may be first-round material. I mean, that's the thing, though. My point – that you're, that's just my point. There's so many opportunities to, to fix the offensive line in this year's draft. They literally could get two decent offensive linemen with their first two picks. Yeah. I'd be okay with that. Yep. I would be okay with yep. that. You know? But at you some point, so you got to get – I know, but at some point, you have to get a quarterback at some point. Right. But you can't, that's, that's you can't just rely on you can't rely on Foles. I mean, obviously. I'm well, f- and and here and here's the thing: it's not going to work with Deshaun Watson, in my opinion, or Carson Wentz for you to do that because of the fact that you're getting them. Yes, they're great quarterbacks. They're they're franchise changing quarterbacks, but they're tons of money. Yeah, and you have a cap problem right now, so tons of money, and you know Philadelphia wants they they, they want Stafford like numbers, yeah, in return for him. That ain't happening, dude. No, 
Well, unfortunately, the idiots up in up in Hallis Hall may do it, and you and I are going to have a fun time with that one. Get that freaking bus warmed up. Get that smack wagon yeah. filled up with gas. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if, if you know, maybe you know, next week, dude. Here's what we should do for next week's podcast. We should break down just for fun. We should break down Ryan Pace's picks and decisions in the, in the four years or five years that he's been with the Chicago Bears or however long he's been. And grade him, like seriously, like what? Yeah, I, I'm I'm, okay. I mean, he's he's made some decent moves. I mean, you know, Eddie Jackson, great pick. Roquan Smith, another good one. He he, he went all in, bold with the trade on on Khalil Mack. So I mean, he's made some good decisions, just like a lot of GMs out there. But where he's missed is the most important of all. Yeah, and that's and that's quarterback, right? And that's. Unfortunately, that's where the that's hanging around his neck right now and tarnishing that legacy. I mean, think about it. Any any great any great team that you want to call dynasty, 49ers, Cowboys, Pittsburgh, uh Patriots, we'll throw them in there, right? Any of those teams that have won multiple Super Bowls. What do you remember about about them? Pretty much remember quarterback, running back, Wide receiver. You, you seldom remember, except for you have your anomalies, like the 85 Bears. Yeah, they had some good offenses, but you you can remember some of their defensive players. Richard Dent. Who else can you remember? I know you know a bunch of them, but. Oh, my God. Dan Hampton, Steve McMichael. Correct. Perry, Gary Fensick, Dave Duerson. Okay, now Mike you Rick. are biased with that. <laughs> but Mike Singletary, Wilbur but look Marshall, at, look Otis at, Wilson. Oh, hey, baby. look at the Ravens, you know, Ray Lewis, Suggs, mm-hmm. Terrell Suggs. Like, you can name off some serious defensive players for that team. And then you then you have – those are your one-offs. Those are your Super Bowl wins that are, that are won by defense. You're not going to be like, oh, guess what, uh, Raven fans? You guys won the Super Bowl. That's great. Who was your quarterback? Um, oh, that's right. I don't even Trent remember. Dilfer. Trent Dilfer. Trent Dilfer. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> And even Jim McMahon. No, and I get I get what you're saying. For the most part, that's true. But one thing that Tom Brady has enjoyed through the years, one thing that Troy Aikman enjoy, enjoyed all those years, you know, a lot of these really good quarterbacks is a good offensive line, a strong left tackle oh, yeah. to support that blind side, and a good interior offensive line. And so, but you're, those obviously are not the names you're going to see in in the papers. You know, when, when, you know, they're not going to win the MVPs, but you look back at a lot of Tom Brady's career and a good number of his throws are because he had three to five seconds to make, make his decision. And his guys had three to five seconds to break their routes and get open. And he wasn't under, or he threw within three to five seconds. I mean, you didn't, you didn't hold the ball for greater than five. Right. I mean, he, you know, that's, well, yeah, I mean, they had good receivers. So, you know, even if you had mediocre, O-line, he can release the ball, you know, two-step drop, three-step drop, boom, tough acting to acting. All right, well, let's mark that down. Let's do that for next podcast. So, Couch Potato fans, we are going to – we are really going to break down Ryan Pace and uh, see if – the you know, grade this guy out and do we have the confidence that he's going to 
that he has what it takes. Yeah, because to, to, to turn the Bears around, we know the Bears are going to do what they got to do. And the problem, the, our argument for the T Dog and I are is this: Pace and Nagy are going to do whatever they do to keep their job at the mm-hmm. expense of the Chicago Bears. Unfortunately, hey, I mean, let me ask you this: there, Couch Potato fans, if the Bears do reach out and get somebody of value and they actually without they'd have to get some O-line. But if they got somebody of value and they actually make the playoffs, are you fine with them making that deal with the devil? I mean, is it all about wins or is it or is it about the future of the team? You know, is it about now, today, or the future? And Steve Eyes. Sees I, you know, that cheating bastard that he is. <laughs> he says, "Blow it up." He he'd rather see the team come together and be efficient and effective long term than for those two guys to keep their job. Well, and I think part of it is be, again we're talking about what's a possibility and for what's available for the bears, what they would have to give up in order to check that box for franchise quarterback is the price is just far too great. I mean, it, it just is. I mean, you're not, I, I can't give up four first round draft picks for Deshaun Watson and put now, if I had the best offensive line in football, I'd make that deal in a heartbeat. If you had the best offensive line in the football, Mitch Trubisky probably would look pretty fucking good. He'd probably look a little bit better. Yeah. But again, I would I would probably make that deal in a heartbeat. I mean, but there you go. So, all right. Well, let's do that for next week then. I like what about it. hockey. Let's, let's talk about some hockey, man. You got you got hockey like live, man. How'd little B do today? They lost. A solid oh. uh they lost eight to nothing yeah but they're playing they're they're uh they're uh so they have two hockey teams for the rink that they play with so there's an a team and a b team and the a team and the b team which my son plays on the b team was moved up to the a team division okay Ah. so they thought the coordinator of this Provo Utah hockey thing said that our B team was pretty good and he didn't want to put them in that in the B team category because he thought that they would just crush. Whatever, that's fine. And they they seldom play A team teams, okay? So they moved them up. <clears throat> Their first game they won uh nine nothing. Or ten nothing. Played a pretty poor team in the A division. The second game they played, which was this morning, they tied four four. It was a really good game, and uh, that tie pushed out Las Vegas's Storm. He plays on the Storm, Las Vegas Storm. That pushed out the A team out of the playoffs. So, oh, nice. so the the better supposedly the better team. Uh, didn't even make the playoffs. Uh, my son ended up third overall, so they were 1-1-1. One, one, and one. They played three games this weekend. So they won one, lost one, tied one. 
Oh. Ended up with three points. They ended up in third there you place. Go. And they're going to play the team that they just lost tonight, tomorrow. So it's going to be – we'll see if the coach changes some stuff up. Winning in over – or getting into overtime sounds like the Blackhawks. I can't seem to – Oh, can't seem God. to win unless they go into overtime. Yeah, yeah, I was just talking – I was just reaching out to John Mandala the other day via, via um, Facebook. And remember, guys, you can ask us any questions, and we can bring this up on our podcast. At uh, we have a Facebook group called MM Couch Potatoes Podcast. I mean, just reach out to us. You got you got issues that we're talking about. Let us know. But his issue was he was agreeing. We, you know, he had said, you know, the Blackhawks won or whatever. My my response to him was, uh, well, they can't seem to. I'd like to see them get a solid win. Yes, they've won games, but they've won in overtime or shootout or some sort. They just can't keep the pressure up and win games straight up. So, yeah, they're getting points. That's great, but so is the other team that they're playing against. So they're, they're giving away a point, and they're generating two. So they get two for one which doesn't really help the standings at all because it makes it more muddled down and you're going to have more teams closer together because they're just not winning team. They're not winning games. Yeah, you, you got to get some outright wins in there. So they played uh, Columbus Blue Jackets today, or today or yesterday? Yesterday, I thought. Yeah, it was last night. And they ended up winning in overtime to brink it with yeah. the game winner. Mm-hmm. The cat is on fire, man. Yeah. I mean, he's I, he's playing really well, and that's you know, you talk about uh, Patrick Kane, and he's having probably he's off to his best start of his career, to me. Yeah, he's got and twenty twenty two points mm-hmm. in sixteen games. Yeah, so he's and he's averaging over a point a game. Well, you know, a, a little over a point a game. Obviously. And is that yeah? And is that line? Of of Kaner, Debrinket, and um, what is it, Suter? Yeah, I say his first name is it Pius? Pius, Pius Suter. Um, these guys are really coming together. I mean, and Debrinket, I mean, he did not have the greatest year last year. No, you know, he struggled through, you know, sixty, seventy games or whatever it is that he played. Um, and well, yeah, uh, yeah, they all played about sixty, seventy games. Yeah, wasn't it like yeah, it yeah. was a short so, year. But I mean, he's up there. He's got what, 15, 16 points this year. So he's second yeah. on the team. He's he's getting power play opportunities. Um, you know, to just to see kind of that line, you know, because the captain's there. He's not there, right? He's still got his whatever upper body or lower body injury or full body injury. Problem, full yeah. body injury. And well, so just to see, you know, kind of to bring it come into his own there, and you know, he and and Jonathan Tate or Jonathan Tate, Patrick Kane really enjoying that. That um, that first line. So yeah, you got to brink it. Let's. So if we just talk about this last game against um, Columbus that they won, you know, to brink it logged over twenty minutes of ice time. Kaner was over twenty, almost twenty two minutes of ice time. That's that's a lot of time for offensive players. Yeah, and they're young. You know, to it's young, and you still have Kubalik on the. You know, Kubalik, Strom, Soderberg. There's 
like I said, you're still missing Jonathan Taves. The problem is Mandala, old Johnny boy. I don't even know this guy, <laughs> but he has plenty of things to say. He's like, Taves, forget him. Forget about it. Well, he's Captain Serious. You got to have Captain Serious on your team, man. <laughs> it, it only, I, I think having Taves on the team isn't going to put down your team. I don't think your team's going to be worse off. No, I don't. And I don't think he's saying that. I mean, but, but I think that's, that's actually, that's, a testament to what I just mentioned about how these guys are starting to come together. I mean, they know how to find each other. Um, you know, I think Kane said it last week. He said, you know, Suter, this kid's getting better and better. He's familiar, familiarizing himself with the game. Um, you know, he, he wins pucks backs in, when he's battling in there. And uh, the Brinkett's pretty much been great for them all season so far. You know, I know he was injured there a little spell. I don't think he played against Detroit when they were, uh, yeah, in Detroit but or whatever, but you also are on the same line as Kane. So I mean, Kane's going to lift anybody. He's going to make them better. Yeah, yeah. he's going to lift anybody around him. I mean, think about the last five years with Kane having him on the same line with with Kane. You we've we've had a lot of um, rookie players of the year kind of thing. The Brinkett won it. Panarin won it. Um, uh, Timo Vinen. Timo Timo Vinen. Timo Vinen. He won it. I mean, there was... Yeah, It seems like Chicago always has a contender for rookie of the year. Kubalik. I don't know if he won it, but damn, he was probably up there. There's always a contender coming out of Chicago. But can Chicago get over the hump? What you know does is it gonna is it gonna have to fall on your goaltender? I mean, you've got uh, Lankinen. He's looking better and better yeah. every time he's getting out there. And to think that you know they they predicted that Subban would really be that starting starting goalie and and. Uh... You know, with him, you know, Lankin and not really having any NHL experience at all. Yeah, he's, he's six pretty much two. taking that net. Yeah, he's taking that net, and he's he's not going to want to give it up, and he shouldn't. I, I'm, I know he got smacked around by Columbus on Thursday, but well, he he won he won the game today or yesterday, Saturday. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's the guy. You know, he's going to be your future. It's not going to be uh, Subban. Subban. No, I mean you're right. I mean they they I know a lot were thinking, you know, a lot of people were predicting Suter actually to be the breakout guy this year, but I think Lankanen has really proven that that he's your breakout star right now, at least in the early going. Yeah, you know, Chicago Chicago's got some work ahead of them. And the other question is is, you know, they are they going to offload some of these contracts? These, you know, still have Keith uh obviously Kane. I don't think you're going to offload his contract. You're gonna offload uh, Taves. You might, especially well, they're costing what twenty million together, aren't they? Ten million a pop or something. Yeah. Well, so is Keith. Keith's up there like ten million. They're all like ten million. And uh, yeah. Seabrook, he's not even playing right now. He's injured. So 
you've got, like I said, I get the whole core concept, keeping your core and then adding. The problem is they added players that they really, A, should have never let go, or B, they let they let some players go that they should have kept, and probably because they couldn't afford them, like Panarin, should have kept them. Should have never traded away. Um, you should have kept Sod and not traded him to Columbus, and then you definitely would should have never traded Panarin at Columbus for Sod. That's not even close. Sod's on the Avalanche. You traded him. You know, you got rid of him this past year. Sod's playing for the Avalanche right now. But there's some, you yeah. know, the, uh, you got rid of Teravine, Teravine, and he went to to Carolina. I mean that that could have helped you. I'm just saying, that, I don't know. Either they got a, either they're starting to gel, and maybe we're going to see that that step forward, and you're going to see the Blackhawks go ahead and and actually win some solid games. But right now, you're just going to have to go with mediocre, man. You're just going to have to take what you can get. I and mean, didn't Panarin didn't Panarin actually play a couple a year or two in Russia because the Hawks couldn't afford him? And he said, you know, I no, no, I thought he did. They that, traded that him. him. No, they traded him. Panarin, they traded. No, no, no. Him. I know. Before I'm talking about before. No, that was. I think that was Teravainen. Oh, okay. I thought it was Panarin. He was but playing. Yeah, I mean, he was playing overseas it, for a little that bit. That was an odd trade. I thought it was. It didn't make any sense to me. Now, unless they I mean it was thought it was bad was a, on paper when it came out. It didn't make any sense. No. So they've so unfortunately, you know, Stan Bowman, the GM of the Chicago Blackhawks, he's made some good he's made some good picks and he's made some not so good picks. Kind of like it's the uh, routine of the uh, Chicago GM, you know, decisions. Where, where's that goalie even at that they got for him? Which goal? They even still, well, who was it? Because um, they traded him for Saad and um, uh, Forsberg, Anton Forsberg. Oh yeah, where the hell's he? I think he's. <laughs> I think he's in your minor league. Is he in the minor still? Okay. I think he's still in the minor. I don't. I don't. You know. Once again, and then you you trade away Saad. You know who I do like, and I, did I see him on your guys's roster? Let me look. Um, Who's that? I like. Um, I didn't see him. What's his face? The kid, they the agitator for the Blackhawks. Uh, Shaw. He's playing for you guys, isn't he? I think he's injured. Patrick. Yeah, Andrew. Andrew Shaw. Andrew Shaw. You mean? Oh yeah, he's injured. Yeah. I believe he's injured. So that's another one that needs to come back. You got to have yeah, a, you got to have an agitator. Like concussion protocol or something like that. Yeah, you got to have that agitator. But you know, big big trade in the NHL is the Patrick Line traded to Columbus Blue Jackets for um, God. What's the what's that cat's name? He played for Columbus. Well, both those guys actually came out in the um, draft together. Line was like second overall. I think second or third overall, and I think it was Dubois is who they traded for. Dubois and um, Dubois was like I don't know seventieth or something overall pick. And uh, basically, you know, Winnipeg Jets. I mean, they've got really good players with Shifley and 
Well, they had really good players, but they've kind of self-destructed, and they are trying to save money. I don't know why. Probably because it's a Canadian team. But, you know, you let Bufflin. Bufflin was playing for the Winnipeg Jets, but the, you, you, he went rogue. Bufflin completely lost his shit. And he's not, yeah. even, he's not even playing in the NHL right now. He walked away. Millions of dollars on the table. Bye. Peace. Deuces. <laughs> and then uh, line A, somehow, somehow this kid can't fit on the team you currently have. You have some older players on that team, and he's not good enough. I mean, line A's got like over 300 points in, you know, 200 and something games. He's a point of game, man. You make him fit. But, you know, I don't know if this is like the, I don't know if this is the new stuff we're going to see, T, like this whole canceled, you know, culture stuff. Now it's like, well, you know, we can't have any players be upset with us, so we'll just give them what they ask for. If they're asking for release, we're going to just release them. Like J.J. Watt. Like J.J. Watt. (laughs) Who else asked for a release and got released? Stafford wanted to go. So he left. Now that was in a trade, but nevertheless, they didn't have to they didn't have to send him anywhere. And you know, now Watson wants to. But getting back to the NHL, um I don't know what's going on with the Winnipeg Jets, but I can tell you what's going on with the the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Oh boy. So they played today. They ended up winning one nothing against the Avalanche. I told you at the beginning of the uh NHL season. Top three for the NHL in the West is going to be Chicago, or it's going to be not Chicago. It's going to be Las Vegas, Avalanche, and maybe St. Louis. Those three. Those are the the top three right now. And it's top three right now. It's going to continue to be the top three. I don't think uh, Minnesota can catch up. I don't think Arizona is going to have a chance. I mean, Las Vegas is looking good. Uh, Their current record, I think they have two losses. One over yep. one of them being an overtime loss. And uh I think they have two regular two regular losses. So they're I think they're ten They're two, nine two and one right now. They're nine two and well they won today. I don't know if that's in Oh maybe yeah, maybe they just I think they're ten just, two and one right now. Gotcha. They look good, dude. Yeah. I mean but they won today one nothing. Shea Theodore, which is one of their top defensive players along with um, the, that cat from uh, St. Louis that they picked up on the offseason. Biggest fish on the market. Uh, Patangelo. Shea Theodore is out. I don't know. Upper body injury maybe. Robin Ledner out for upper body injury. So Flurry's come in the last three games. Played the last three games. Um, let's see. Had a shutout today. They won one nothing. Had a shutout like three days ago, four days ago. Lost one nothing against. Uh, <laughs> like he's given up nothing, and he's he's working with a new uh, goaltender coach, and he's staying more inside. He's uh, he's he look he's man, and he's always been super aggressive, but now he's staying back more, and he's covering more of that that net. So the Gold Knights, tip my hat. Stars, how's your stars doing? Got any info on your stars? They're struggling. They lost five in a row. 
five in a row. They lost five in a row. But you know what? They're going to start a big winning streak because of all the snow we got down here. They're Ooh. all excited. They're making snow angels, and they, they feel like they're right back. You know, they're right in Canada, baby. It's freaking 12 degrees outside, snow on the ground, ice. This is when Dallas turns a corner and five-game losing streak turns into a five-game winning streak right up until we start warming up and get back in the 60s, like where we're supposed to be at this time of year. Yeah, then you melt, and then you – then. Yep. There you go. You change. Well, but if, if go ahead, I was going to say, and it feels weird with all the snow on the ground because it's almost time for baseball. I know, right? We're going to get into baseball in one second. If you got any questions about the NHL, anything at all, you want to throw it out at us? Throw it at us, baby. Send it. Tweet us. MM Couch Potatoes. Send me an email, info at mondaymorningcouchpotatoes.com. I dare you to throw some stuff our way because I'm going to bring it up. You guys are going to be in trouble because I'm going to just, uh, I'm going to either agree or disagree. Those are my two options. I don't have any other options. Do I have any other options there, T-Dog? Agree or disagree? I don't think so. There you go. So, yeah, you're talking about an MLB, man. What did the Cubs do? This past week. What what are they thinking? Now, I'm not a Cub fan. I'm a White Sox fan, and I haven't even been following the White Sox that much in the last few years because, obviously, you know, they, they have some good players. Don't get me wrong, but, you know, it's seldom that you feel so good that they're going to actually make the World Series. But the Cubs, <clears throat> which you told me last week, T-Dog, you told me that your owner – has decided to increase the payroll. Yeah. So is that really means reaching out for Jake Arrieta? Well, apparently that's what it means because they brought him in on, on a, well, one a year very, deal, right? yeah, one year. I think it's maybe $6 million with a bunch of incentives. So it's not like it's going to break the bank or anything like that. But, you know, his days of being the ace that he was back in 15 and 16, you know, with the Cubs, long gone. Right? That's not what they're bringing him here for. You know, he's they, they, they're hoping he's going to be an innings eater. Um, obviously, he's got veteran leadership. You know, he's got that type of you know confidence he can bring to the to the uh, the pen. But I wonder what else. I mean, they've still got some work to do. That bullpen is still questionable. Yeah, that second base. They still need a lefty second baseman. They still got things they need to do. And I just don't see I, – I get the Arietta signing to a point, but it's like we're – it almost feels like we're getting ready for that rebuild, like that full-blown tear it down. You know, Anthony Rizzo is not going to be here next year. Chris Bryant's not going to be here next year. Javier Baez is not going to be here next year. And just a complete, you know – I don't know. You it's had your run, a- 2016. Now you got to go another 100 years. Yeah. God. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Milwaukee's I, looking so pretty I, good. I, yeah, and St. Louis with the big trade. You know, they could be possible, uh, you know, making a run there in the Central, but – you know, I don't know. I, I don't know if this is a. I don't know if this is going to be a good for the Cubs or not. Um, there's some out there that are encouraged by it just because of the leadership he can bring to the table and and you know what the Cubs' current pitching staff is like. I mean, there's not a lot of power pitching there, um, but not that Arietta is going to bring you too much power at his 35 <laughs> or 36 year old body out there. 
Well, who's gone um, on the pitching staff? So who le- Lester's gone, right? Lester's gone. Darvish is gone. Chatwood is gone. And Quintana. I mean, you all you had really left was Kyle Hendricks. That's it. And they brought in so Trevor still, Williams. Yeah, I'll say you still Zach don't Davies. have a number one. You don't have a number one at all. Well, we had that. Yeah, we argued about that. I mean, I, Kyle Hendricks, you you tell me. there He's definitely one or two on, you know. He could be our. Well, he has to be one. a number one. You don't have officially a number one. There's no yeah. stud. No. That you're going to be like, oh, man. Damn. <laughs> you don't have. No. no you, not you don't have a price. But that's because Kyle, Kyle Hendricks isn't out there striking out, you know, 14 in a game or, you know, I mean, he is a. Listen, a, Wood, Kerry Wood played for you a long time ago. You don't have a Wood. And what's that one? Was no, it price? Was it price? Mark Pryor. Mark Pryor. Pryor. I knew. I knew that's where your where your head was going. Two thousand and three and four. When two thousand three, I think it was when they he just, won eighteen games. He won eighteen and six. Yeah. Then put him in the playoffs and just throw his arm until it fucking falls off. Falls <laughs> off. Him head would. That was Dusty Baker, man. And then the following year, they bring in Greg Maddox, and you have the potential rotation of Wood Pryor. Maddox, Matt Clement, and who was the fifth? I don't think it was Zambrano that far back. Oof. I forgot who the fifth guy was, but I mean it was it an could have been because he was a he was a. Real it might have been you know one of the younger, but I don't know if it was him or not. But nonetheless, I mean that's you know, but yeah, I I don't know. I mean this right now a lot of the you know it's interesting from a free agent perspective when you think about you know people complaining about the Cubs not going out there and making moves for free agents. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of the big names there weren't there weren't a ton of long term big money deals, right? I mean, most of the deals as of late, you saw the big fish. Trevor Bauer got signed. I don't know if that was before our last podcast or not, but yeah, they uh, we talked about it. Yeah, so he gets signed to the Dodgers. Um, I think whatever it was, three years, hundred million or something like that. Um, but you look kind of down other than I think uh who's the guy that went to uh the Blue Jays? Um oh. uh, the Sox the Sox were going after him. Yeah. Yeah, Springer. Springer. Springer got a six year deal, you know, hundred and fifty mil or something like that. Um I know LeMayhew signed a very amazing team friendly deal with the Yanks and it was a six year six year deal as well. Um but other than that, I mean, all these guys are signing uh, two year, three year, one year. I mean, hell, yeah. uh, Tanaka didn't went back to Japan. He's like, screw it, I'm out of here. I'm not <laughs> even, I'm not even pitching in the major leagues this year. And you know, a lot of these guys were not getting as much money as they were expecting to get. I mean, realistically, the only guy that I can think of that's gotten overpaid, in my opinion, is the guy the Sox signed, yeah, Liam but- Hendricks, who got like fifty something million when he probably should have been in the 30 million range. So, yeah. um, so anyway, so not a lot of big contracts out there to be had, which makes you think, you know, could the Cubs in their penny pinching ways been able to bend in the market for some of these guys, or did they, did they just sit too long? And now they had to get a guy like Jock Peterson who, you know, I'm surprised by the, the, the Peterson one year, seven mil. I mean, there was rumors he was getting looked at somewhere in the range of two, Years in the eighteen to twenty million dollar range, maybe even three years, thirty million. Um, I know the Cardinals were looking hard at him. So him one year seven million, Arietta one year six million. Got Zach Davies, who I think he's an arbitration for maybe eight nine million or something like that. Okay, one year so deal. 
I hear where you're going with this. This sets up the Cubs in a perfect scenario when they lose, like, literally everybody. Everybody becomes a free agent after one year. <laughs> right? Bryant, did they resign? They resigned him, didn't they? No. He's Yeah, he's on, a, he's on arbitration. Well, he signed a one-year deal to avoid arbitration. Okay. So he gets, you know, there's a lot of players coming off the books next year for sure because they got to field the team. They got to field the team. Not a team of dreams. But definitely a team. I mean, the Cubs are who we thought they were. A bunch okay, of Denny. a bunch of tiny little bears. Well, they let him off the hook. Yeah, you got me saying that the Bears are the Cubs are who they thought they were. We let them off the hook. Where I was going with that is either the Cubs. What worries me is that the Cubs are actually going to compete and be in a situation where they're not going to be able to trade in the in the midseason a good number of assets in order to kind of start that rebuild. Okay. And that's, a, you know, that's kind of where I was leaning towards, where if they come out of the gate, just trip up and fall, and Arietta's you know, two and six with a 5.97 ERA, and Hendricks is on the IL, and Bryant's hitting 202 with seven homers and 20 RBIs. What's the IL? Is that something the new? Injured. Oh, the you injured mean the list. IR? Called... No, that's injured reserve. It's a little okay. bit different. Injured list, which it used to be called the disabled list, but they uh, changed they didn't it to the injured list because it was offensive to call the players disabled. But they were. Dude, ser- seriously, let's not get into that because this, this podcast will go down the wrong street here. But I, that's just it. I mean, it seems like it, it's – I don't even know if the Cubs know where they're going at this point. No, they don't have and, a clue, dude. You know, you still, you're still hearing names. You're still hearing Chris Bryant's name floated out there. Um, obviously, the Dodgers are now off the market because they just signed Justin Turner. A couple years, two-year deal, I believe, 30-something million. Yeah. So they're out of there. You know, you still have Washington as a possibility. The Mets are still kicking the tires on Bryant. But, I mean, he would have been traded right now if there were teams really wanting him, in my opinion. Or the Cubs are asking just way too much. Yeah, so, it could be. I mean, they got to build up their, their, you know, their, what do you call it? Triple A. Their farm. Their yeah. farm system. Yeah. yeah. So, but anyway, I don't know. We'll see what this whole thing does with, with Arietta. I know, I know our, uh, several of our couch potato fans are not, um, not excited about this one. John Mandala being one of them. Um, seems like you know, John's not happy about a lot of things. He's an angry guy lately. It seems like he's very angry. Yeah. He's he's he's. An angry I think guy. he was more angry that you told last week that you should have fired him. I think he was. <laughs> I think he was pretty pissed about that. He's like, what? I'm sure that came out of left field. He's like, you know, me and Tim, we go way back. We're good friends. You know, I once worked under him. I was his best employee ever. And Tim's like, yeah, you know what? We should have fired him. <laughs> but we didn't. All right, we kept him on. And now, and now, he hears the truth. That's okay, John. Because uh, I've got a emoji with Jordan crying for you. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to, you know what? There you go. I, I think we need him to put crying Jordan's face on our couch potato. Let's see. Let's. There's your, there's your homework assignment, John Mandala. A crying Jordan on our couch potato because they signed Jake Arietta 
to a six-year deal or a six-million-dollar deal. So John Medalla's on the smack wagon tonight. I like well, that. Yeah, he needs yeah. to be. I I can I can only tell you. I you know what, John? Listen, if you want to be in charge of the Mon- the Monday Morning Couch Potatoes podcast fan page, please be so because you're always on Facebook. You're always doing crying MJ emojis or whatever you're doing. <laughs> it's actually quite hilarious. The only thing is you can't yell at anybody because, you know, we cannot afford to have our Monday Morning Couch Potatoes podcast banned from social media. Oh, maybe maybe that's maybe that's why I was going to fire him because he was on Facebook all the time. <laughs> I'm doing his job. He's, he he is. He, you know what? He's in the know, though. When it comes to Chicago sports, folks, this guy's in the know. And we, we will have to get him on the podcast and get his official opinion of the shit that's going down in, in the Chicago land area. He could be our trifecta, right? You got Dallas. I got Vegas. We got John Madala for, for Chicago. Yeah. But we'll yeah, see. That probably, yeah. That would get, that would be good because um, that's, what's going to be interesting for the Cubs right now and baseball in general, just with, you know, I know there's a lot of uncertainty around this next, this upcoming season because of what's happened with COVID and just the expectations yeah. of moving forward. Um, and I think that's probably a good reason why there's just so much uncertainty on the team itself and, you know, the direction that they want to go be- because you're either going to pay these guys that you have on the team to be here next year and beyond, or you're going to pay somebody else, or you're just going to completely tank and try to b- get some draft picks and make some trades. So I it it will be I think it's going to be fun for us kind of going through this yeah this year to really see what how it plays out for Chicago because um, we've seen this before this happened in the late two thousands when they you know when they signed um, who was that quarter or uh, pitcher they signed I can't remember he's a hor- oh uh, Jackson Edwin uh, Jackson yeah from from they signed for like four years, forty something million, and he was basically just an innings eater. That's all he was in there for. Yeah, because he sucked as far as you know pitching goes, but he ate up innings. He at least pitched. Well, you know, he, he's going to give you seven innings, but he's going to give up eight hits and six runs, and that's well at the time like, they they thought they could score ten. Well, this feels like that's the direction that we're going, right? And you know, you just basically your best pitcher is going to be a shitty pitcher. And, you know, watch a guy like Kyle Hendricks get moved. You know, their best pitching at, uh, prospect if they tank, you know, as, as, as the season moves on. So, yeah. we'll see. It's going to be interesting, man. So, you just got ran over there, John Modella. <laughs> but we can't wait to hear what you have to say on our Facebook page or tweet us since you like to do that. Well, my friends... We had another awesome podcast. We mobile talked. for the first time. Mobile, yeah, impressive. yeah. I think that's really impressive. Actually, I am. I am out in um, Provo, Utah. Provo, Utah. And it's probably warmer there than it is in Dallas. It it absolutely is. I oh, it's like thirty. Time. I don't know. It's thirty something degrees. I'm looking outside the window. Of my hotel right now, and it's snowing out. The car, there's some snow on the cars. 
It's 29 degrees in Provo, Utah. It's 10 in Dallas, Texas. Are you kidding me? Isn't Provo like up in the mountains? Uh, oh yeah, it's right next to it. it's. We're oh, like Jesus we're God. like five minutes away from uh, the uh, what is it? The Cougars uh, football stadium for BYU. Oh, Provo, Utah is BYU country, baby, and it's literally like I can see mountains. And when I say see mountains, I'm talking like I can see the detail because it's like a half a block away. Like it goes nice. share straight up. It's it's amazing. It's beautiful. Well, we're going to call this one a wrap. This has been Monday Morning Couch Potatoes, coming to you live from Provo, Utah, and Dallas, Texas. If you want to hit us up on Facebook, please do so at MM Couch Potatoes. Also, tweet us on Twitter at MM Couch Potatoes. If you want to hit us up with an email, go right ahead. Info at Monday morning couch potatoes.com. You've been listening to Monday morning couch potatoes, and none of the stuff that we're talking about really means anything to us, but we want to make sure that you get all the information you can from the T Dog and LV. So it's been a hell of a run, and I'm out, baby. <laughs>